Are you ready to get real? Hello, and welcome to Real with MoxieWorks, where we discuss real estate news, tips, and of course, technology. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Real from MoxieWorks. I'm York Bauer, CEO here, and it's my extreme pleasure to be here with Bill Yaman, who's president and COO of Imprev, one of our great partner companies here at the, in the Moxie Cloud Partner Network. And welcome, Bill. York, thanks very much. It's an honor to be uh, be part of the, the the podcast. Yeah, likewise, we're excited to have you. Uh, marketing is always a central conversation in real estate, and uh, we are pleased to have you because you guys are not only great partners of ours, but experts in uh, a number of areas of of both agent and brokerage marketing. So excited for the conversation. So maybe we'll start off with this though, Bill. What uh, what twisted path led you to to real estate? Because I don't think you've been a real estate guy the entire time. I haven't, it, and it is a bit of a twisted path. I've been a I've been a software guy for forever, literally, because I'm I'm really quite old. But uh, I joined the real estate industry about uh, seven years ago when I uh, learned about Imprev. I actually came from a previous company called Go Ahead Software, and we were in the aerospace and defense and telecommunications industries, as far afield from, uh, from real estate as one could possibly get. We provided a, a high availability middleware layer that ensured that things like weapon systems were always up and operational. So in that job, our, oper- our, our software operating correctly was really a matter of life and death. Now, sometimes agents think that our software is a matter of life and death as well. Um, <laughs> but in that case, it really, really was. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. You and I hadn't talked about it, but we share a common background. My first job out of college with my shiny new computer science degree was writing code for uh, TRW, Defense and Space, similar oh, kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, life and death definitely takes on a different uh, meaning there. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but on, you know, all, all joking aside, I think it's safe to say that marketing and real estate to some degree is life and death from a business point of view, at least because uh, of, of all the pressures that exist and all the, the, the new tech, the amount of money that's pouring into uh, real estate, obviously, a lot of that's going to marketing and specifically digital marketing. So, so tell us a little bit about your views um, on that, and and in particular the the whole concept of online and digital marketing in the in the brokerage space. What are your high level thoughts there? Yeah, so I think you're right. I think it it, it is being becoming much much more much more aggressive, much more competitive. You know, as you mentioned, there's there's lots of uh, investment money being poured into the space now. We've got established brands. You know that are remaking themselves. Uh, you know, recognizing that threat. So the challenge, I think, for any brokerage, whether you're a small brokerage, boutique brokerage, or whether you're, you know, one of the big guys, how do you rise above that? Uh, and I certainly think that a digital marketing strategy is going to be part of that. Although, you know, digital marketing, social media marketing, and in fact, still print marketing, I think, are all all part of the the, the toolkits that that organizations are, are leveraging today to make sure that they that they rise above all the noise that's out there. Yeah, for sure. And and you mentioned some of the traditional brands. You look at the disparity in um, in market caps of these brands. You look at something like Realogy that's really come under fire on Wall Street uh, versus some of the high flying up and comer right. companies. I think I think you're right. A lot of it is perception, and marketing obviously is a key part of influencing perception. So what what would you tell the the traditionalists, whether that's the national brands or the independents, what would you tell them about how to approach marketing for them? I think it's been interesting to watch. You know, we've seen a number of 
brands over the last six to 12 months, the big brands, uh, you know, try to remake, remake themselves with Remax having gone through a rebranded exercise, Century 21, Coldwell Banker having now just done it. And I think there's an interesting compare and contrast through all of those. And I think those that are doing it most successfully are those that are not only rebranding from a, you know, from a, from a stylistic standpoint, but rebranding themselves in terms of um, what their core messaging is, who they're trying to reach, what value proposition they're bringing and to whom. We, you know, we think so much about rebranding as, as shapes and colors, and, and it's so much more than that. So I, I love the work, for instance, that Century 21 did, um, a great new you know, look and feel to their brand, but also a new way to talk about it, a new way to approach the market. And I think you've got to do that, again, to arise above the, the noise that's out there from someone, from someone like a compass that's you know, buying their way into a lot of markets. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think uh, that's something that's been absent. It's kind of been a homogenized sea of, of message for a long time feels to me in in many regards at least in the the more nascent real estate marketing it was done until this new competition showed up so i think it is a good rallying cry and, but it also begs a question of as you as you think about your message cuz i agree with you the message is what matters more so than the brand identity which is just the you know this thing that's supposed to codify and identify it but how do you balance playing it safe particularly if you've been a safe brand historically versus maybe being more on the edge, you know, more of a, uh, a contrarian voice to, to differentiate yourself. What's your guys view on that? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question. And I think, um, so much, so much in the world of marketing, the answer is it depends, you know, what kind of, who, again, who, who is your target audience? What sort of market position do you want to have with them? You know, someone, someone like a Nike has identified, you know, a target audience, probably a younger demographic. So they want to be very edgy. They want to be out there. You know, someone like a, a Brooks Brothers and sort of how they identify their brand identity is very different. And, and they're not going to want to be edgy because it's not consistent with what their brand and their brand promises. So I think, again, in, in this day and age, you know, organizations need to need to look themselves and decide who they want to be. Um, and from that, have everything that they do, um, colors and shapes and actions reflect that. You know, we've loved, quite honestly, the work that, that you've done, you know, recently in terms of setting yourselves apart in terms of some of the discussion that you've had in the position you've taken with Compass of shining a light on something that, you know, folks in the industry know and are aware of, but you were, you were willing to speak about it. And, and we've actually talked about that here at Improv. That's, that's a very cool position today. And it's very consistent, you know, with sort of the leading edge presence that, that you and your organization have built in a very short time, you know, in the industry. So that's cool. Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks for saying that. And you're right. We, I guess, we have Moxie, and that has to include the the CEO being willing to take positions on things. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm with you. And I, I think, you know, we try hard, and you know this, but for the audience, we try hard to not do that just gratuitously, mm -hmm. and we try to do it on a fact based sure. uh, approach. And and I think that's important. We're not we're not suggesting to anybody that you you come up with a bunch of of semi trues or hype. It's it's really about being strident about your your position. Mm -hmm. So yeah, thanks for pointing that out. Yeah. So, so let's talk mediums, Bill, and, and platforms as far as marketing is concerned. It's, it's gone from a very simple world of, you know, print television and radio and direct mail to this massive sea of, of digital. And I was looking at some data recently, uh, you know, the, the real estate industry still disproportionately spends on print. So, and I know you guys have had a heritage in print, but you've also been for many years now cutting edge on the digital side. How would you encourage the the real estate community to think about these these different worlds? Yeah, I think it's a matter of just being very very deliberate on the spend of of 
under, I'm going to sound like a bit of a broken record, right? It depends. Who, who is the target demographic that you're going after and how do they consume information? Um, there, there are some who will never, ever, ever consume information via print again, you know, but there's a, a, a segment of the market out there. Maybe you're going after, you know, downsizers as a, as a market segment. Print may be absolutely the right way to, to reach them. Um, so it's very deliberate about what's your market spend strategy across the different uh, different uh, communication vehicles, print, digital, social media, and then making sure, though, you know that every customer impression, re- regardless of what the medium is, um, is consistent with that brand and that brand identity. Um, it just all all goes all goes back to that for me. Just the, the core of core of marketing, and I'm not sure that that we as an industry do it as well as we probably could. Of who am I? Who am I trying to reach? And and with what message? Um, we all in real estate want to be the everything for everybody brokerage, and that just doesn't doesn't work well. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's kind of the, the success that Apple has had. I, uh, actually, Apple has, in spite of the perception that they have minority market share in almost everything they do, but those those customers mm-hmm. are raving fans. And I think, and, and therefore, Apple can command pricing and so forth that, that makes them have a very attractive business. So I agree with you. You can't, you can't homogenize your your message or you'll That's have right. no message. One, one of the uh, one of the examples of, of folks in the industry that I not meaning to be negative about the industry, but some, some are doing better than others. We just love the work that, that James Wiggins and his team are doing over at Next Home. When you hear him talk about again how deliberate they were in deciding, you know, who they were targeting, how are they were going to target going to target them. You know what their cal- color palette was all about. They even got these these little dogs they have outside that are, you know, part of their part of their for sale sign. So really changed up the model and, and, um, love, love the work that they're doing. And again, it's, it's an example in my mind of really how to do it right. Yeah. It's interesting you say that I've met with James and his team too, and I couldn't agree more. They've, they've done a great job of being about yeah. something and maybe that's something isn't for everyone. That's fine, but it's, it's great for those that love it. And there are a lot of people that do. And, uh, as we just said, if you're not about something, you end right. up being about nothing. So well, let's talk about the content itself. We've talked about, you know, brand and, and positioning kind of stuff, but what about the content and what would you say about the role of uh, content? You know, how, how has all this digital stuff changed or has it changed the types of content that people engage with? No, I, I think it obviously has, has changed a lot. As we think about social media now as, as one of the key communication vehicles that, that we've got in real estate. And I think the, the big challenge that we have as an industry is that those communications need to be authentic. Um, when they're inauthentic, um, that's when it becomes noise and, and, you, and you lose the ability to engage an audience on whatever your message is. So there's, as you think about the industry, and, and again, I'm going to touch on social media a bit, there's, there's two camps. You know, there, there's the camp of folks that say, you know, social media is, a, is necessary, so let's just completely automate it so that I as an agent never have to think about it again. Um, there's a different camp in the industry that basically says, sure, a part of that needs to be automated, but before I post anything out to social media, before I do anything digital, make sure it's authentic and it has my voice. Otherwise, there's this repetitiveness and this roboticness, to make up a word, of, of digital content that is, I think, a total turnoff. So you've got to be, be, be authentic in your voice and who you are. Um, and don't just automate it and do it because you have to do it. And everybody says, if you're not on social media, you're not marketing. I, I would actually agree. You do need to be on social media, but don't just make it robotic. Yeah, I, we couldn't agree more on that one, Bill. I mean, we, we know uh, our respective companies well, and I think we've done both a decent job of splitting that difference. There are certain things that a recipient 
is is fine with being automated. They expect it to be automated. Anything, for example, data driven mm-hmm. or, or or listing announcement based, you know, the high level things that everybody knows come from an automated system. That's fine. But yeah, it it really is dangerous when you when you spill over into things that are expected to be authentic. Because yeah. last I checked, you know, AI is all fun and interesting, but we haven't gotten it yet to the point where it can simulate a human, at I least think- a good human in this case a, a talented and, and experienced real estate yeah agent. exactly right the, the other the other thing that i that i think about is um, the communications that are most effective for me as a person <laughs> this is going to sound terrible are the ones that are about me right so when i get the when i get the email notification that says here's what's happened in your neighborhood you know with homes that are similar to yours i pay attention you know so it's that bingo make it authentic and then <laughs> make it about me because it really is all about me. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So on, on a related <laughs> note, I mean, you're, you're kind of coming to value versus function or maybe the combination of value and function there. Talk a bit about that because I think his, that, that has also changed from where it was historically. Yeah, so I think when, when you're talking value versus function, you're thinking about when I make a purchase decision, whether I'm purchasing a pair of shoes or, or purchasing the services of an agent, I'm, I'm looking at more than simply the function of what they provide, but the holistic value of, of their company and their presence and, and how others talk about them and, and what's their moral fiber and all of that. So I think it, it has changed quite a bit. And I, and I think it's just, I was pondering this the other day, I, I think a lot of it comes back to the availability of information. And I don't know why I'm, I'm going to give lots of shoe analogies today. So if I, if I went into a shoe store 15 years ago, the, the function of the shoe was what I would look at. I, I would lift the, the, the shoe up, I'd look at it and decide whether the style was good and whether it fit my foot and I'd, I'd buy it. Today, when I go into the store, I'll look at it and go, oh, that's, that's Nike or that's a different brand. I have, a, I have an understanding of that company and how they present themselves and what sort of issues they're involved in and, and again, what their culture is all about. So that's going to weigh into my decision, either very positively for some and potentially very negatively for, negatively for others. You know, I switched... I switched my uh, rideshare vendor because of what I perceived was was a company I didn't want to do business with. So I think that information is now out there, and it wasn't there ten to fifteen years ago. And I think that's what's changed the world um, quite a bit. Yeah, you know that's pretty astute, Bill. And I think one of the things I'd be interested to hear you comment on is the the role of the millennial generation in this. I mean, we we always talk about it as social media, but social media ultimately affects everybody. Yet the millennials I know are also much more focused on experiences than than mm-hmm. stuff. So, I mean, do you think that's a factor? And if so, how? I do think it's a factor. How how it ultimately plays out, I, I honestly honestly don't know. But you're right. They stuff stuff is not important as important to them as uh, as it was, I think, to older generations. You know, and how that that total experience, the uh, the, the the instant gratification experience, how that all plays out, how how it impacts real estate. I think is a lot of what we're all all wrestling with today, and I don't I don't know that everybody has answers, and I think some are some are throwing money at the problem, some are approaching it in different ways, um, but it's going to have a profound effect on our industry, and, and somebody's going to figure it out, and somebody's going to be very successful when they do. Yeah, agreed. But I do think it all kind of comes full circle of what you talked about toward the beginning of the podcast here, which is that the the brand proposition matters. It's not just the service mm-hmm. offering or the product. Uh, I mean, that has to be there at a certain level, but a lot of the decision-making now is not on the basis of, you know, I have the most experienced agents or whatever the sort of baseline things are, but rather on uh, the, the the things that make people feel a certain way versus the functional delivery, as you say. And I think one of the things I think we've seen with some of our customers, and we try to practice here at Moxie through a thing we call the Moxie Fund, 
is also being involved in community and giving back to uh, community in some form. Uh, it's you can argue those things don't matter, but I, I would say they do uh, because they not only provide a sense of purpose for the people at your company, but they also show to the rest of the world that you're you're trying to be about something more than just the hardcore business stuff all the time. I think that I think that's exactly right, and I think that we sometimes lose fact of what's always been there, right? What's always been part of this industry are the people that we want to engage with, the agents that we want to engage with are those that are engaging with us and with the, with the, uh, you know, with the community. So we may, you know, look at the world now and it's all about digital. It's all about social media. It's all about millennials, but some of those basic fundamentals of I'm here, I'm in the community. I understand the people in this community and the, and, and the way that business is done here. That's, that's gold. The most successful agents I'll contend are the ones that are, have not forgotten that's a tenant of the business. Yeah, agreed. I mean, it, it's funny. I always joke that last I checked, houses don't buy houses, people buy houses. And <laughs> right. people, people buy things from people they know, like, and trust. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. And, and, and that giving back to the community is a, is a, is a core core part of that. And I, part of this industry that, that I love is, you know, when there's, you know, disaster like a like the, 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 the hurricanes and whatnot, tornadoes, hurricanes, tornadoes, uh, in the Midwest, um, you know, that there's so much, so much of the community of real estate gets involved with that, you know, and gives back you know, with an immediacy that I think is very cool. One of, that's one of the things I really loved about the joining the industry seven years ago. Agreed. And it was the same reaction. I, I joined seven years ago as well into real estate. I was always a software guy like you. And it's the same, I had exactly the same reaction for the same uh, reasons. But that's my fear, actually. Some of this technology stuff is, is in my mind, almost trying to undermine or distract yeah. people from that. And it, it, let's have the computers do what they're good at so the people can do what they're good at. Yeah, exactly right. Um, so let's, let's talk um, here about tool fatigue. One of the challenges I think any brokerage faces and, and their agents by extension is this, because there's been so much investment that's poured into real estate and marketing tech in the last years, because it's, it's not just last year. I mean, it's been an ongoing thing in, in a crescendo over the last decade. What, what would you say to, to brokers about that, that tool fatigue, the, the constant churning of the next new thing, the next shiny object mm -hmm. that's going to save the world? Yeah. Um, tool fatigue is, is, again, something that we talk a lot about here at Imprev. We've been, we've been in business for 18, 19 years now. Um, and, and we've always had, quote unquote, a tool set, marketing tool set for the real estate industry. It's always ever, we've ever done. We made a shift four or five years ago, and this is not meant to be a plug, just sort of illustrative of, of how I think we need to think about it in the industry is changing what we did as a tool set and having it be much more of a, of a service for the agents. So don't require the agents to go in and click a bunch of buttons to get things done. We know what needs to be done. As you said, you know, computers are good at doing the stuff that's repetitive and needs to happen the same way every time. So let's not have that be another tool for the agent to engage with, but really much more of a service. So at a point in time when they immediately need some marketing content, deliver it to them. Don't make them go out and find it and figure out how to use this, that, or the other tool. Have it all delivered in a very consistent fashion. We made that shift four or five years ago as a company away from tools towards services. And it's been, it's been fun to watch. It's a, it's a much more fun conversation to have with a brokerage about here's a set of services to get your agents excited to retain them to recruit new ones than yet another toolkit. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And I think this is the the value of our partnership as a side note. So for those of you in the audience that are not so familiar with the Moxie Cloud concept, the idea and really the mission we're on is to help you as the broker 
own your data again. You should be owning it now, but we want to help you own it because it really is the fuel, the raw material that enables all these uh, automated services that, that you're talking about, Bill, to, to happen because we're able to consolidate all that data and then provide triggers to, to partners like yours so that you can do your thing on the basis of uh, the data changing and, and present a service to the agent where they don't have to do a thing other than say, yes, please, right? Yeah, ex- exactly right. Yeah, but one of my one of my account executives will make the joke of who who knew that all along all they wanted was for us to just do it for them. But it's true. <laughs> I mean, and I, and I think you pegged it the other just a few moments ago of let's do let's do this stuff that's necessary for the business and let agents do what they're good at, which is that engagement, which is that community involvement, which is being somebody that someone wants to buy a house from. That's right. But it all starts, I think, for for those of you in the audience, it starts with having your data in one place, because like say data is the fuel, mm-hmm. you can have mm-hmm. the coolest sports car ever, but if there's no fuel for it, it's not going to go anywhere. And that's uh, what we've seen at least is that brokers have really abdicated a lot of that. And it's, it's time you don't because time to bring it back. Yeah. Uh, the, the companies you all fear out there are, are doing this. And so we're here to help you do it through not only the Moxie cloud and our products, but through partnerships with great companies like Imprev that, by the way, I, I give you this, this plug, Bill, you guys have not only been great to work with stylistically, which matters to us, but you're also technically very astute and you've, you've used the, the horsepower that the Moxie cloud presents as well or better than, than really anyone in our network. So I you appreciate know, kudos that. to you. It, I appreciate that. And, and all for the mutual benefit of our joint customer, obviously. So and I think that you know, for, for us, the Moxie Cloud is great. I mean, obviously, it allows us to plug in very quickly into organizations and that time to value, the time to delivering services is just is crazy short now. But I also recognize that you know, maybe there's another vendor that comes along that perhaps does something better than we do. And it's easy for, for our joint customers to make those decisions, to, to, to bring in the absolute best tools at the best time for them. So we, we, we're all in on the, that, that availability of the data in a way that we can easily consume it, both to you know, turn folks on very quickly and if they want to turn us off at the same time. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. We do the same uh, with our own tools, right? That The Moxie Cloud is separate from the Moxie products like our Engage CRM or Moxie Present, our presentation tool, because we take that same philosophy. You can't be an open platform and then force people to use certain right. things. You're either right. open or you're not. Uh, so yeah, we're very much on that uh, on that same page. Yeah. Well, Bill, this has been fun as usual. I always enjoy talking with you. And um, for those in the audience, I would encourage you guys to to spend time with Bill and his team. These these guys have seen the movie, as you've heard, and I think can can help shed a great light on how to think in a modern way about your your marketing. So, Bill, I really appreciate your taking the time today. New York, thank you. I've, I've, I've enjoyed the conversation. All right. And thanks to the audience as well. Appreciate all you tuning in and uh, look forward to seeing you on another podcast next month. Take care. Thanks for getting real with us. See you next time.